Welcome to Pharmacy View, technology and pharmacy business podcast series, where we provide regular interviews with pharmacists and key industry people within the Australian pharmacy and associated industry. In each podcast, we look to discuss aspects of pharmacy operation and how technology is improving or interacting with each guest's current role or pharmacy-related business. I'm your host, Scott Carpenter, and today's guest is sponsored by Shopfront Solutions, leading the way in digital marketing and communications providing a cloud-based platform for pharmacies to manage all of their digital messaging and print-based collateral. For more information on the Shopfront Solutions digital platform, simply go to the website at shopfrontsolutions.com.au. I'm talking today with Frank Triolcio and Elizabeth Bryant from Crozier Scott Architects, who have been working in the Australian pharmacy and medical industry for over 25 years and completed over 500 healthcare business redesign and refit projects. Welcome, Liz and Frank. Hi, Scott. Well, pleasure to be here. Hi, Scott. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you both here today. So by way of introduction, let's discuss who Crozier Scott Architects and Crozier Scott Complete are. Um, I've seen from my research that you've worked across a few pharmacy brands, so, so by all means, uh, let's tell the people who you've been working with. And I think also, let's talk about the states that you've either done work in or at least not done work in. Okay, well, Scott, uh, we've been as a business, uh, an architectural business, for uh, probably 60-odd years, believe it or not. I've been with the company for 25 years, and I'm one of three directors. And we've, look, we've got a very broad cross-section of work that we, we cover across a national basis. We do work in residential, educational, aged care, seniors living, hospitality, and, of course, you know, pharmacy and medical and retail, for that matter. We've been, look, some of our major clients, uh, Sigma Healthcare, we've you know, completed numerous MKLs and Guardians and, and PharmaSaves all over the country. Commonwealth Bank of Australia, we've had as a client for 50 odd years. We've been doing a lot of hospitality work recently with McDonald's. Another one of our major clients is Ego Pharmaceuticals. We've been doing you know, some really high-end, high-tech facilities for their main head office. Uh, we actually designed their corporate uh, for, uh, head office, global head office facilities in Bayswater. So we, I guess we pride ourselves as being a little bit different to our, little, our other architectural companies where we're very client-centred, got some great relationships, not just with corporate clients, but independent clients and private clients. And we really, I guess that's what keeps me going, just enjoy the interaction with clients that we have. You know, some of them have become friends and over the period of time, we've just developed these long-term relationships where clients come back to us you know for, for repeat business so look from a, the services that we offer i guess in particular to our pharmacy and medical clients we do have a point of difference i guess in terms of uh, you know whether you go back go to a shop fitter and, and get a pharmacy design with it you know and, and get a price from a shop fitter we our differences are really that we uh, do detailed staff analysis of, of workflows and customer flows in the shop for all aspects of the pharmacy we ensure, obviously, the designs meet all the regulatory requirements. We deal with centre management, you know, in shopping centre projects to get approvals through through them. We prepare very detailed drawings and specifications, and our clients often comment on how, how much how many questions we ask about their business to prepare our drawings. And the idea is that we prepare a set of drawings that are very detailed for two reasons. One is that our clients get what they want. And two, that we minimise cost variations during fit-outs, which is a big bugbear for a lot of our clients. That you know, they just the drawings just aren't detailed enough, and builders 
tend to leave things out. I'm not saying they do it on purpose, but it happens that way because the drawings aren't detailed enough and then they end up with a big variation in the project. We also arrange independent tenders for shop bidders. So we scrutinise tenders and make sure that when we present a report back to our clients that they're comparable. So, you know, they can make an informed decision about who they'd like to go with. Not always money-based. Sometimes it's just might be a, a previous relationship with a shop bidder that they feel comfortable with. But, you know, at least they're comparing apples with apples and they can make an informed decision. During the construction phase of the fit-out, we would look at the quality side of things, you know, by doing regular inspections. We can, we can control the monetary side of things, i.e., you know, when the project is complete and the client's happy and we're happy with the quality and, and, and the results. Generally, that's when shop bidders get paid. And we also resolve issues during construction. So, look, the bottom line is that our clients are too busy and don't have the expertise to do a project from completion to from start to completion, and we're there to just basically run it all for them. Um, and look, obviously, clients can some may not want to go the full extent of our services, but we offer that to them, and most times they they do take it on board. We have a lot of, as I said before, long-standing relationships. Uh, we've got some good referrals. We've won a few awards. Some some of our uh, other types of projects that we do being public buildings, the schools in particular. Uh, we just recently won a national award for, for one of our schools. And look, we also see ourselves as the forefront for automation and implementing automation systems and products into our pharmacy designs. You know, to the benefit, we're not just, we don't implement things just for the sake of it because it's there, but we implement uh, automation where it's needed and where we think it's a benefit to, to clients. Yeah. And design design it accordingly. Yeah. So Frank, on that, I, I noticed one of the points on um, your brochure was uh, the feasibility study. And again, there'll be quite a few pharmacists listening today that have already you know, been through a, a shop design and refit and know how much fun it can and cannot be. Yeah. But I guess on the same boat for anyone that hasn't, it's it's probably a bit like you know designing and building a house or doing a house renovation. Is that you know you can have this kind of great vision in mind, but the reality is it's always better to do the background work before you start. To, you you know, taking off the first um, piece of carpet or the or the first uh, roof tile because um, if you're not sure what's involved on the way through, that's when it can get pretty expensive, isn't it? It is, and we spend a lot of time and effort. And Liz will testify this. I mean, she has the in, an, in dealings day to day with some of our clients, and we spend a lot of time and effort in getting a package of drawings that whatever we can see and that we know is there. We do a lot of investigation. Like we, we climb inside roofs and ceiling spaces to make sure that there's no surprises when it comes to, to a fit-out uh, or minimise anyway surprises. And, and the whole idea being is to minimise costs, you know, or variations during the fit-out because, you know, there's just nothing worse. And at the end of it, a project with a $30, sorry, $30,000 bill for variations, you know, you just haven't budgeted for. Yeah, there is a, we, we do add value in that respect as well. Yeah, and look, uh, on that note too, I was involved in a pharmacy refit um, too many years ago now. It was actually in uh, North Tasmania. I think it might have been in Launceston. Okay. Um, pharmacy refit. Yeah. And the, the people doing the project management and, and, again, doing the preliminary investigation decided to kind of, exactly as you said, you know, lift up the tiles. And, and what they found is one of the walls had actually been built as a uh, World War II army bunker. So it was actually a 60, well, two-foot-thick brick wall. Oh, wow. but, uh, if they uh, if they hadn't done the investigation, they they then had to kind of decide well are they going to kind of pull this out 
and open up the space or is there another mm. way to do it? Wow. So I certainly can attest. And, I, and I'm sure I'm sure on that basis you've come across some um, you know, interesting things. And Scott, that's so, where that, that's where our architectural expertise comes in because you know yeah. we are, we are architects, so we're used to dealing with construction. So yes. in yeah. terms of we're not we're not talking. I'm, I mean, I've just been talking fit outs, but if you needed to extend into another space or extend the building or build a brand new greenfield medical centre, which we've done before, so some of our clients, brand new pharmacies. Yeah, we did a very large project in Middlesea a number of years ago, which was a two-story uh, building, you know, a brand new building. And, you know, we've got that capacity being architects. And yes. even with, if it is a fit out and a, a wall needs to go between two shops, we understand work that. And, and, and obviously dealing with councils and planning and, you know, DAs and all that sort of thing as well. So, um, so yeah, the service is all there. And it's interesting, you may not be aware of this, but yeah, I actually live not too far from Whittlesea, so I know exactly the building that you're talking about. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, so on that basis, and again, this, this, I guess, podcast uh, mantra is around the technology, and it was one of the reasons I was keen to chat with you both, because pharmacy is often at the forefront of the use of technology. And, you know, for too many years, pharmacy design's possibly been based on the requirements of the pharmacy boards or the pharmacy councils. Um, it's also, I guess, to a point uh, pushed from a, a retail perspective for the front of shop. But um, having said that, we've certainly, I've certainly seen, and I'm sure you have as well, in, in the last probably five to 10 years, the advent of you know, major technology changes in pharmacy. And, and we would talk about, you know, the dispensing robots coming on board. But even more so in this last year, I'm certainly seeing the advent of technologies, online platforms where customers would, would now be looking at limited interaction, click and collect online purchases. What what kind of um, challenges has that thrown up for you guys, I guess, in the last, not only the last you know, nine or 10 months, but I guess in the last couple of years, because you're now effectively designing a different pharmacy today than you were, say, three or four years ago? Yeah, well, I think um, the traditional sort of scripts in dispensing uh, bench scripts out has certainly changed a lot because of those technologies. Um, we're seeing a lot more integration of, of the big robotic machines now, which does change the footprint of uh, the dispensary quite significantly. You're not relying on those standard ethical bays anymore. Um, and also, you know, the, the, the Webster areas, there's machines for those as well. So we're integrating that sort of stuff. So in terms of the, the layout of the dispensaries, we've, uh, we're focusing less on the scripts in and more on the scripts out and, you know, forward dispense type um, arrangements because of the e-script technologies that are coming in. We're needing to integrate the, the, the tablets somewhere, you know, dual screens often for the, the scripts out areas and scripts in sometimes. But, yeah, look, it, it, it is changing and we're having to keep abreast of all of that. You know, we're doing sort of independent little pods outside of the dispensary area to, to, to come to cut, the customers come to them. So it's independent uh, of the dispensary area. Um, to make sure that customers can stay apart. You know, there's all that, you know, staying apart rules now. Um, yes. yep. Yeah, you know, you can't put all of your waiting chairs in one spot. You have to separate them out now if, you, if, you're, if you're having waiting chairs at all um, mm -hmm. because, you know, uh, we, we, they don't want people, ming, you know, waiting and mingling around in the retail mm -hmm. spaces as much as they used to either. So it's a really big challenge. 
Yeah. So I've, I've certainly seen um, uh, the pharmacy that I'm a, I know fairly well up on the uh, north coast of New South Wales that's been using the the iPad, you know, welcome entries and and script ins for some time. Yeah. What what are the dispense pods that you're talking about? As as much as you can describe them on on uh, a podcast. <laughs> so the forward dispense sort of pods. We're not looking at big long counters anymore. So, um, you know, having one big scripts in and then a big scripts uh, dispense bench and then a scripts out, Um, even though that works really well with the traffic flows throughout the store, because you don't have that traditional paper scripts in scenario, um, we're sort of steering away from that and creating and you know that the, the the pods have been around for quite a while they're not a new thing um but the technology okay. around them is is changing with the the ipad or tablet scenario so you know you, it is for one pharmacist to stand and and uh discuss with the customer oh, what they okay. need yeah all right yeah so like like the counseling um counters yeah uh, yeah. Okay. yeah yeah and so also we, and also also more pickup more as a pickup area pick yeah, okay. yeah, because yeah. you're not um because you're sort of ordering, let's say, ordering online is almost like a click and collect for 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 a, for, a, for you know for your, your prescription. Mm. So it's more picking up than, than dropping off. And there's also some technology now that see there's out, out like after hours units. They're not okay. actually approved in Australia at the moment, but they are being yeah. used overseas where okay. scripts can be. I guess placed into it. It's a bit, a bit like an ATM, I guess. Yeah. If you've got an outside yeah. wall, and the customer can actually collect their script after hours. So we're making allowances for technology like that in pharmacies. Yeah. So we're not only sort of designing for the here and now equipment that we need. It's also you know future proofing. Yeah. And and look, and look, we might um, chat about that in a couple of minutes. So that is in terms of you know what else might be coming that pharmacists should be aware of or, or at least be investigating. So again, in terms of the design, that has there been much change? Again, I've seen the, the robotic units. I think getting smaller. I mean, there's still big units out there, but are, are they generally getting smaller, or are they they still tend to be the, the bigger box type units? There's probably more variety out there now, isn't there? Liz? There um, is more variety. Yeah. There's different there's more, sizes there... for different needs. Yeah, yeah, and then you have ones that you know you can make them taller to make this to get a smaller footprint. So we're finding a lot now that we're making them taller and even extending into ceiling spaces to make the footprint smaller and you know and maximise your retail and you know and your, your pharmacy area. You know um, that that's been an interesting development. And also because of the capacity of these of these machines, we're finding that they're being used as I guess a storage place for the medicines as well so we're moving away from the standard storeroom or storage areas in the back of the, the dispensary areas mm. because these machines are now holding that stock uh, okay so so effectively yes there'd be less and less a requirement to have a, a big storage area if at all and more again either having the stock on the shelf in the, in the front of the shop or as you said actually in the robotic or, or i guess to the same extent the um the storage drawers that complement those Yes, that's, that's correct. Right. Yeah, and what we're finding, Scott, is we're also using the front of the robotic to, you know, best for us too, is it's you know, depending on what state you're in and you know all the regulations that go with that. But uh, we're just utilising that wall space in the front for various things, and it could be digital screens as well. So we're putting digital screens on the front of the machines, uh, sorry, on the front wall of the machines. Because there is a bit of a theatre, yeah, it's quite yeah, theatrical absolutely. looking at, at the the machine working and having a, a view 
into the machine doing its thing is quite exciting for a lot of customers. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Keeps, keeps them entertained. <laughs> and, and, and I guess to that same extent, you know, you've no doubt been asked to do different designs and layouts because certainly as I've been travelling around Australia in my time, I've, I've seen, as you've described, you know, the, the bigger machines with the glass fronts with, with the theatre mm. that the customers can see, you know, what's going on and a bit mm. like a giant vending machine. Mm. But I have also seen the design where it's effectively a, a solid chiprock wall yep. with just an outshoot. So is, is there a, a rationale for either or? Look, it just depends what how, how much space our clients would like to utilise. So we're finding that most of them have the solid wall we can utilise shelving, but by the same tokens, you know, sometimes we're putting uh, big digital screens on the on those walls up, up high, and one might have, you know, some you know, information about services the pharmacy offers, and the other one might actually have a view into the machine, or they'll have, just have services the pharmacy offers, and well, some of them might have the cricket on or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but or, yeah, the, the, or the golf, or the or the more. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Uh, or, or dare I say, maybe the US election results. No, let's not go there. <laughs> oh, that, that, that'll keep people entertained for hours. So how, on that note then, and again, I've certainly seen a couple of different models of the Webster packing machines and the sachet packing machines. Well, how, how is that going for you guys? Is that um, something that's becoming more prevalent or is it still just here and there? No, um, seeing, yeah, yeah, I haven't seen as, it as, we've done quite a few of them, but they're certainly not as, as prevalent as, as the main robotic machines. They do take up quite a bit of space still. So people are still kind of, le- well, in, you know, from our perspective, people are still leaning towards the traditional Webster areas, but I can see a real shift coming along pretty soon to, the, so, to using the machines. Yeah. So is that because of the change in technology in the machines or there's just becoming a greater acceptance of this versus the old uh, ironing, iron, so you're the hot iron system? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's it's probably a bit a bit like the, the move to forward dispense, it's sort of trickling along. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think people will be accepting that. I mean, we're not pharmacists, so we don't sort of, you know, work in the day-to-day of the pharmacies. Um, we're just seeing this from an implementation point of view. So yes. what we're finding is we've done some pharmacies where we implement, and even the robotic for that matter, if, if it's a small footprint pharmacy but we've got another story, we're putting, we're putting them all upstairs. And upstairs, the machine okay. upstairs, the robotic machine, and sometimes we've we, the dispense machines upstairs as well, where they set up literally a separate business upstairs. Uh, yeah. And the robotic also services the dispensary upstairs as well. Yeah. I think okay. it depends on how many packs they're doing a day, really. Yeah. 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 Which I guess to a point, yeah, would d- depend on whether they're servicing a, a major aged care facility or, as is becoming more the case, you know, the local community with, with the push to uh, keep as many um, people in their homes as long as they can. I'm certainly yep. aware, even from my dad's perspective, that you know, he's, he's in his own home still. Uh, he gets um, healthcare support, but he's also got great service from his pharmacy and he gets his, uh, his Webster packs delivered every week. And I'm sure there's thousands, if not millions of people around Australia where that's the case. So, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, so Frank, you mentioned before um, you, you're seeing in terms of a, a technology, the digital displays becoming more of a consideration when you're doing designs. Is is that been the case for a while, or is it becoming more prevalent? Look, it's been for a while. We've just seen more of them spread around the shop now, and also on shop on shop fronts. They've become more accepted in shopping centre environments as well, because um, in the past, shopping centres generally wouldn't approve anything that's kind of a moving digital image, yes. whereas now, now they're just uh, we're finding they're improving in Westfields and all that sort of thing. They almost expect it now. 
Yeah, in um, fact, they've actually usually have sections in their tenancy desire guidelines that want some sort of technology to be in, you know, included in the shop fronts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so, and a lot of the ones we've done in airports, which have very, very strict guidelines uh, regarding shop front design, they've requested it, which, you know, it's a perfect environment for it, especially with absolutely. everything else that's going on around the airport. Yeah. yeah. Well, as as you said, you, you mentioned there that it's become part of the um, the shopping centre design standards, and and that's certainly not an unexpected change. But it, but it's probably and it's probably taken too long. But it's good to good to hear from that perspective. So, so so we're we talking you know, obviously portrait and landscape style screen. But is there, are they the main things that you're designing in these days, or is there any other components that are coming on board, or or what do you see coming in the future? Well, there's definitely the, the digital signage, ticketing and things like that that are coming along. Which you know about. Which stuff. you know about. <laughs> I might. <laughs> um, yeah, look, we're not implementing that yet. I haven't done any of that yet, but I can see that certainly coming along fairly soon. I can see the advantages in that. So that you mentioned that, the, that, the ATM, the ATM setup, Liz. Yeah, 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 yeah. The ATM type machine as well is another one that obviously needs to, you know, go through a few approvals before it can be implemented into the pharmacy designs. But I can see that would be a big game changer as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So with the ATM style machine, I was certainly aware of some work done a couple of years ago for remote locations in Australia around having a, a pharmacist being able to, to communicate via an ATM screen with someone in a remote location. And, and there might have been the, you know, the top 10 or 20 or, or 30 prescription requirements you know, in this machine topped up on a regular basis. Is, is that the type of thing we're talking about with connectivity to a pharmacist screen discussion or is this just more like a vending machine? I've got a, a, like a QR code, I, it scans a QR code, my script's in there and it dispenses out. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that's that's more the thing. It's more of an after-hours surface. So okay. obviously at the moment in Australia you need a pharmacist to dispense and, and yep. you know, have that control over over the what's dispensed. So, yeah, it, it's a big shift and, I, and obviously, as I said before, it needs to have some uh, big approvals come through Coming before through. that can be uh, implemented. Yeah. So, but, so yeah. I guess another way to describe it is, is it actually like a futuristic version of what would be the Australia Post secure boxes at the moment? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But they, yeah, they, also, right. they also have a screen from what I've seen. They have like a visual screen on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was what I was wondering. Oh, so it'll be watch that space. Well, again, yeah. um, and if you've got some more information on that in uh, in the new year, maybe we have another chat about that kind of yeah. going forward. So, Absolutely. That look, that certainly gives us an idea of where you guys are heading with that. You mentioned in some of the information that I've been reading that you're using some technology platforms that are helping you design. And again, I'm you know, admitted this on a couple of other podcasts, and I'm probably towards the, the latter end of my career, so I'm going to enjoy the next couple of years watch, sitting back and watching what's um, you know, going to transform industries. But um, you talk about things like 3D canning cameras, 3D walkthroughs, 3D design and renders. Can you, can you talk a bit, a bit about that? Because I've certainly seen some of it, and, I, and I've no doubt that it's come a long way from what I would be aware of. Yes, so the design programs that we use now are quite advanced. We are able to model everything in 3D and document those projects in 3D as well. So they they give a a really clear idea of of spaces and and it really helps with the design approvals process as well. So when we've got big airports and things like that, we can can make a 3D image of whatever we need to, to to get our design over the line. 
And that's that's really helpful for the pharmacist to understand what we're proposing as well as you know anybody that needs to approve from the design perspective. So leasing and centre requirements and things like that. Yeah. yeah. And you know, we <laughs> even do that sometimes for clients who want a prospective site. So we may just mock something up really quickly so that the landlord to, might to be acquire able to, to acquire yeah. the site. Yeah. To acquire yeah. the site. Yeah. Yeah, it's really helpful to do that kind of thing. Mm. We've also got something called a Matterport camera that can scan your sites so you get a 3D walkthrough of the site. So, for example, if we did one recently in Perth Airport, so we've got a site over there that we couldn't obviously get to because of the restrictions of, of flying interstate. And so we got a scan done of that site. The file came to us and we could actually walk through the site, measure, pick up anything that we needed to. And that was fantastic. And, we would, you know, that's the sort of technology that we'll be using moving forward, I think. So, again, I, I'm, I'm envisaging this as, as best I can. Effectively, it's a, it's a scan of an empty um, shop shell, which, which would then give you measurements, distances, heights, the whole lot. We yeah. could we could actually scale off off the image that we the three it's basically produces a three D model Scott yep. of the site and in yep. this particular one it was there were still fixtures and fittings in there from the previous tenant which we wanted to utilise yes. save you know our clients some money and uh, so we utilised that scan or that three D model and we could spin it around you know in every space in every way upside down inside out and yep. look at look at ceilings. And we could actually scale off it, like to the literally to the millimetre. You could just click on the screen and say, "Okay, I want to know what the distance is from here to here." And it was so we couldn't believe how accurate it was. It was just amazing. So, um, so even to the point that yeah, if there was fixtures in there or counters in there that you effectively didn't need to do the visit, this is this is the level of technology that's now there. Absolutely, yeah. The front of the wow. front of the counter, back of the counter, and look, you know, it saved our clients money um, in terms of going up, you know, interstate. So it's certainly again one of those things that's been a benefit. Yeah, I mean, we're very used to doing work all around Australia. We've done work in every state and territory in Australia and different sites across you know those states so we're very very we're based in melbourne but we're very used to working remotely but these new technologies are certainly helping what we do absolutely yep. from that perspective so um and and look we we're, we're coming to the end of our time today so just a couple of quick questions we can i will we'll include in our show notes both of your linkedin profiles so if people want to get in contact that'll be a great way but also your websites and a couple of other social media links that you've given us but i guess as a wrap-up if a pharmacist or, or a medical business was listening to you today and you were to kind of give them, you know, what's the one thing that they should probably think about or do if, if they're thinking about refitting? Uh, what, what would be a couple of the, the most important things to consider right now in, in relation to technology? In terms of things to consider, look, I'd certainly consider looking at these new technologies and, and exploring uh, uh, robotics and the different systems available. There is a limitation to what's out there, but there's more and more coming on board. Obviously, there's some considerations with, you know, a number of scripts that you do per day and all that sort of thing Whether before you even consider those sort of technologies. But the other aspect is just even technologies that assist in your retail areas around the store, i.e., you know, your digital ticketing, i.e., just, you know, placing pods around the store to assist in talking to customers about their needs, picking up scripts around the store and also paying for scripts, you know, without necessarily going into a counter or going, you know, like just that flexibility of, of people have been able to manoeuvre around the shop is, is becoming really, really important for people. 
And also, I think even if you're not at that stage where you want to take the leap into using these technologies, we can design for future. So if you're thinking about a robotic machine, but you're not quite at that point, we can create the dispensary design to allow for that machine in a future sense. And so that it can be easily implemented at a later date when you're ready to do it. That's perspective. Look, that's great. Liz and Frank, it's been great to chat with you today. I've certainly, uh, I guess, been brought up to speed on a couple of things that I wasn't aware of, and I hope some of our listeners have as well. If it's okay, I think you've raised some really good points today, and we might um, have another chat in the new year about a couple of the other new technologies coming on board. But uh, is there anything, I guess, as a wrap-up that uh, people should be aware about Crazy Scott? Look, just one more thing I forgot to mention before was one other interesting development with our business has been the introduction of Crazy Scott Complete which has basically been a, I guess, an, an add-on with Crozier Scott in the services we provide, whereby there's additional services that are targeted towards more independent pharmacies who don't have access to various services because they're not part of a group. We're talking about things like, you know, business and operational reviews, where we have one of our colleagues who goes in and, and basically looks at your business from the top down, uh, financially, operationally, and you know puts forward recommendations and assists you in implementing those recommendations to you know find, let's say find monies in the business that you may or may not know you had or what we're able to achieve and we've found that that's been a real big bonus in terms of people feeling confident to go ahead with doing a pharmacy refit so it's almost a traditional you know instead of it's like when you go for apply for a bank loan almost you know you, you work out your finances first and then you start thinking about a refit where a lot of people just go into a refit and all of a sudden then they say, okay, I've got a, I've got a quote now from a shop fitter. I will now approach the bank. Yes. So, you know, that's been a really interesting introduction to our business as well as offering all these additional services like, you know, ticketing and merchandising offer. We've got guys who merchandise your shop. So it's a little bit beyond the standard architectural service that we, we provide. So that, that's been really interesting. That's right. Yeah, so as I guess it indicates, as a, as a complete package. All right. Yes. Look, again, thanks for your time today. It's been great to chat. And based on the time, I uh, hope you guys both have a bit of a break over Christmas and look forward to chatting in the new year. Thanks for being Thank you, Scott. Thank Appreciate you, Scott. the opportunity. Fantastic. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for listening today. Pharmacy View is a technology-focused podcast provided by Melbourne-based business Arian Technologies and Shopfront Solutions. Over the podcast series, our guests include pharmacists, retail managers, wholesalers, suppliers, and industry technology partners. If you would like further information on our podcast series or to participate in one of our episodes, feel free to send me a message or touch base through the Pharmacy View website, pharmacyview.com.au.